The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But a hireling, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and, and does not care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep and I'm known by my own. As the Father knows me, even so I, I know the, the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also I must bring. And they will hear my voice and there will be one flock and one shepherd. Therefore my Father loves me because I lay down my life that I might take it again. No one takes it from me but I lay down my life. I have the power to lay it down and I have the power to take it again. This command I have received from my Father. Passage before us is one that, oh, just as we study it, it and, and as I spent time with it this, this last week, I, I fell in love with our Savior um, over and over again as I read our text. We, we, we live in a time in, in which, at least in a, in, a, in a setting, that probably not a whole lot here are shepherds. Um, fair to say, I, I don't see a whole lot of sheep on the hillsides throughout South Orange County. Um, I, I spent some time in a book, again, called A Shepherd's Look at Psalm 23 by Philip Keller. And um, Actually, the, the, the first study that I ever taught was in 1989, going through A Shepherd's Look at Psalm 23 um, as a senior on my high school campus. And... Um, so I read this book and, and did a study through Psalm 23. And Philip Keller is a shepherd. He, he, that's what he was by, by trade, was a shepherd. And, and so he, as a shepherd, goes through and looks at Psalm 23 and talks about what it's like to be a shepherd and what his sheep were like and what it was like to, to do that. We, we have these available in the bookstore if anybody wants to get it. It's just an incredible read of, of, of just hearing the heart of our God when he says things like, I am the good shepherd, what that means to us today. We see a, a, a God who, who calls himself that. Now, let's, let's take this into perspective of just thinking about sheep. We started looking at this last week, but sheep are interesting animals. Um, I said last week that one, one man said that the greatest evidence of, of the fact that evolution is not true is that sheep still exist. That they are animals that, that have no business existing if it wasn't for the fact that they're shepherds that take care of them. Um, they, will, they will run off cliffs together. They will fall on their backs and they will not be able to get up. Um, they will stay in the same little area and eat every root that is there and not even look up to see that there's green grass that's just you know yards away. They are animals that have no mechanism for defense. They don't bite. They don't kick. They don't run fast. They don't do much of anything that could preserve themselves. They are in desperate need of a shepherd. And God over and over again in Scripture says, You are sheep, and I'm the shepherd. He, he made sheep so that he could say, You're sheep. You are like sheep. 
we, we like to think of ourselves as self-sufficient and that we can do all of these things and anything you set your mind to, you can do, you know, like that's what we tell our kids and, and, um, but we are a totally dependent people. We, we, we have no ability to make our heart beat one more time if it isn't for God doing it. We, we have no ability to, to make it so that um, we could have righteousness flow out of our lives that honors God apart from God working in us. We, we are a people that are totally and completely dependent Upon our shepherd. And so in our text this morning, Jesus begins by saying, I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. There's shepherds that are good and there's shepherds that are bad. Jesus doesn't say, I am a good shepherd. He says, I am the good shepherd. We can think of several reasons why he is a good shepherd. Why he is the good shepherd. Some texts that, that, that are in scripture that portray this, I'll read it to you. One's found in Isaiah 40 in verse 10 where it says, Behold, the Lord God shall come with a strong hand and his arm shall rule for him. Behold, his reward is with him and his work before him. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom. And gently lead those who are with young. He is a, a good shepherd because he is a strong shepherd. He's a shepherd who, our text in that passage tells us that, that he's one who is, has a strong hand. And, and one who, who gathers the lambs with his arm. One that carries them. And one who gently leads them. The sweetness of our shepherd. You picture the sheep and they have no ability to protect themselves. And there's, there's mountain lions and there's wolves and there's coyotes and there's thieves. And there's people that could come and, and hurt these, these sheep. And, and God just says, I'm, I'm a good shepherd. I'm one that, I have, a, I have a strong hand. There's no one that can hurt my sheep. A passage that's probably familiar to everybody here comes from Psalm 23, where David, in talking about his God, says, the Lord is my shepherd. He's my shepherd. God is my shepherd. David, a shepherd who's been around sheep and has cared for them and ministered to them and kept them, he, he's looking at himself and just saying, God's my shepherd. I shall not want. I, I, I have no need of anything. A, a sheep is an, an animal that, that, that it, will not, it will not ever lay down unless it knows that it's free from all danger. Won't lay down. If, if, it, if it thinks that there's something that can hurt it anywhere, it, it won't lay down. It won't lay down if it's being annoyed by bugs. It won't be it won't lay down if it's hungry. It won't lay down if it has <clears throat> any problems at all. And David just says, God's my shepherd. I have no need of anything. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. God's a God who, who's a shepherd that makes it so that I, I'm safe. 
I could be at a place of just being safe. It's one of the greatest needs for us as people as well. We live in a world that has dangers all around us. And some of us maybe just struggle with anxiety. What if this happens? What if that happens? And you get into a panic and it just grips you. To think of, of a God who says, I'm the good shepherd. To think that there's a shepherd that's got a strong hand and we're his sheep and he just says, I'll make you lie down in green pastures. We, we who can be just consumed with, what if this happens? What if this happens? What if this happens? God can just take us and say like, no, I... I'm a God that won't let anything happen if it's not my will. Yeah, you, you have enemies. You, you, have, you have Satan as an enemy. You have the world as an enemy. You have the, your own flesh as an enemy. But I'm greater than all of them. We see in Scripture, just Satan can't touch us without God's permission. Just to have a God that, that looks at every enemy that's around us and he's sovereign over them all, stronger than them all, we serve a God that can take us and say, I'll, I'll, I'll make you lie down in green pastures. I'll lead you beside the still waters. I'll take you to a place where there's waters and they're safe and you can drink them. I'll lead you there. I'll take you there. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The, the psalmist is just looking at God as a shepherd and says, he'll, he'll take me to plateaus and he'll move the rocks away and he'll take away any plants that are poisonous and he'll make it so that I'm safe there. It doesn't mean that there's never dangers that come and doesn't mean that there's never times where we deal with, with trials and difficulties. But to serve a good shepherd who says, I'll work all things together for good in your life. I'll mold you, I'll shape you, I'll conform you into my image. And he has the power to do so. It's amazing. He, he has his rod and he has a staff. And the psalmist just says, they comfort me. Picture a, um, a shepherd out there in the field. And that rod and that staff are, are used to protect the sheep against any kind of wild animals. And David just says, that his rod, his staff, it just comforts me. Knowing that God's in control, knowing that he can protect me. We serve a God who, who tells us in Psalm 121, verse 4, that he, he never slumbers nor sleeps. Think of our shepherd and, and a good shepherd. It's a good shepherd who's one that, when it comes time to sleep, he's got one eye open and he's listening. He knows what's going on. He knows if there's anybody that's going to stir up the sheep. And God just says, I'm a shepherd here. I, I never slumber. I never sleep. I'm always there to protect you. In John six thirty nine, 
Jesus says, this is the will of the Father who sent me, that of all that he has given me, I should lose nothing, but shall raise it up at the last day. <clears throat> of all that the Father has given him, he'll lose none of us. A shepherd who loves us like that. Think of it, I mean, he'll never lose you. He's never in a place of, where did they go? He knows everything about you, and he says, I'll leave the 99, I'll go get you when you go astray. Of all that the Father's given me, I'll, I'll lose none of them. Incredible shepherd that we serve. Charles Spurgeon said, he is the good shepherd. Good up to the highest point of goodness. Good in all that is tender. Good in all that is kind. Good in all <clears throat> the directions in which a shepherd can be needed. Good at fight. Good at rule. Good in watchful oversight. And good in prudent leadership. Good every way most eminently. We serve a shepherd who is as good as he could be. And so our text says, Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd. And the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. The greatest way that we can see his goodness is Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd because I, I give my life for the sheep. I lay down my life for the sheep. You know that I'm good because I'm not like the hireling, he says. In verse 12, he says, but a hireling, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. Jesus says, I'm not like that. I'm the good shepherd. I lay down my life for the sheep. In our text, it's just verse after verse of just splendor when we think of our Savior. I give, I lay down my life for the sheep. I lay it down. It wasn't that Jesus died on the cross and it was an accident or Jesus died on the cross and it was something that was unexpected. Jesus simply says, I, I lay down my life for you. I give my life for you. It was planned from the very beginning. We, we see it in scripture where he tells us that it was planned. He tells us that from the very beginning, he determined, Acts 2, 23, he, he was delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God. It was planned. In our text before us, we picture our shepherd, and he says, I, I give my life. I lay it down for the sheep. I'll do anything for you. A hireling's not like that. Think of my life, like if I were a shepherd, um, I'm hired to protect your sheep, and I see wolves coming at me. In my mind, I'm thinking, do, do, do I really want to fight these wolves for the sake of these dumb sheep? You can always get more sheep, right? But what about me? I, I, I'm not going to 
There's things I'll sacrifice my life for, not, not for a couple of animals that don't listen to me and wander away and are always doing things that I don't want them to do. And yet God gives us this picture of sheep and what they're like. He says, you're my sheep. Could God at any time just make new sheep? Absolutely. Could he just go and say, like, yeah, let's just start a new planet? Give up on this one. Yeah, absolutely. And yet we serve a God who makes sheep, calls us sheep, and says, and for you, when you are still dead in your sins and trespasses, I made your life. While you are yet sinners, I died for you. When you were sheep that <clears throat> didn't deserve anything, I laid down my life for you. I gave myself for you. I did the greatest thing that any good shepherd could ever do, and that is just give myself for you. He says, someone that's a hireling, not like that. He flees. He runs. In verse 13, it says, the hireling flees because he's a hireling and he does not care about the sheep. Translate that to us. Why then does he lay down his life for us? Why is it that he's a good shepherd? Why is it that he doesn't flee? Because he cares about us. It's just awesome to think about our God. He cares about us. He looks at us and says, I love them. I care about them. I want them to spend eternity with me. I want to mold them and shape them into my image. I want them to exist for all eternity, clothed with robes of righteousness, knowing me and entering into the joy of me. And so I'm I'm going to lay down my life for them. What is so radical about that is he is the one in whom life comes from, all things come from, speaks things into existence, has all glory and all honor, is perfectly pure. He's in need of nothing. And yet he says, I care about you. I'm not one that would ever flee. I'm going to lay down my life for you because I care about the sheep. He's a shepherd that will be faithful to us. He'll never leave us. He'll never flee. He says in verse 14, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep. And I'm known by my own. I'm the good shepherd. I know them. You think of a shepherd out in the field and he knows the sheep that are his. He's, he's watched them be born. He knows where they were born. He knows who the mother was. He's acquainted with them, where their weaknesses are. He knows that these ones, they wander away. These ones, they look for holes in the fence, always. And they're they're always looking for other pastures. He knows us. He knew everything about you before he ever created you. Before the foundations of the world. You look at your life and you see all of it. You, you can think of from the time you're a little guy or a young lady all the way to where you're at now. The other night we were with some friends and I just said, what's your earliest childhood memory? And everybody went around and talked about their earliest childhood memory. And I, I, 
I said, I, I vividly remember being a toddler on my big wheel, riding my big wheel down Westminster Avenue to get to the liquor store, to get candy. Just to be clear. But I, I, I could picture it, and my mom in a panic and running after us, you know, like, and we're riding our big wheels down Westminster Avenue. Um, God knew me then. Wade Childers brought up a picture of me when I was the same age as Jonathan, seven, and I asked Jonathan, do you know who that is? I said, no, never seen him. He's like, yeah, you have. Never seen him. We went through yesterday and just, no, you got to know him. No, never seen him. That's your daddy. He's like, really? Looks so different, you know? And, and he knew me then. He knows every sin I've ever committed. He knows every sin you've ever committed. He knew every trial that you would ever go through. He knows every failure that you would ever make. He knew it all together. He knows every sin that you'll ever commit in the future, and yet he loved you. He died for you. It's radical to think about. To think about our Savior, and he tells us, I'm the good shepherd, and I know my sheep. I know them. I know when they sit down. I know when they rise up. I know their thoughts when they're still afar off. I know the number of hairs that are on their head. I know them all together. He knows you. For some people, they just, they want to be known. They want someone to just know about them. They want a friend that they could talk with that just they're able to share things with. And maybe you don't have that. Maybe you feel like nobody understands you. Nobody knows you. God does. He says, I know him. I'm the good shepherd. I know my sheep. I know him. Not only do I know him, but even more radical, he tells us, and I'm known by my own. They know me. My sheep, they know me. My sheep, they hear my voice. They follow me. They know me. For us as Christians here this morning, you know that to be the case, don't you? You know him. You know him not to be a God that's far away, but a God that's near. You know him to be a God who loves you. You know him to be a God that lays down his life for you as he hung on the cross. You know him to, a God, to be a God that is worthy of your heart and of your love and to be treasured above all things. You know him in such a way that you desire just to sing praises to him and to call upon him. He says, I know my sheep and I'm known by my own. They know me. A good shepherd that makes it so that we can know him. How do we know him first and foremost? Through his word. I'm known by my sheep. I give them my word and I make my word come alive to them. This is where they sit here this morning and they hear I'm the good shepherd and it just changes the way that we view God when we think about that. They know me. He says, as the Father knows me, even so I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. For the sheep. I know my sheep and I'm known by my own. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father. There's a relationship that is there and he says, and that's how I know them. And I lay down my life for the sheep. 
Romans 5, 6 says, For when we were still without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man, someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. He knows us, and he laid down his life for us. The next verse is a verse that is powerful for us. If you go to Westminster Abbey in England, there's a place where David Livingston was buried, and you can see it there on, in London on the, the floor of, of that incredible cathedral. And... Tosh and I went there and we were looking at it and around, around the, the, the grave it, it, it says this particular verse coming from John chapter 10 and verse 16 where it says, And other sheep I have which are not of this fold. Them also I must bring and they will hear my voice and there will be one flock and one shepherd. That, that was the verse that just drove this man to be a missionary all over the globe. A view of, of, of a shepherd where Jesus says, I have other sheep which are not of this fold. I have other sheep and they're not of this fold. Them I also must bring. They will hear my voice. They must come. This radical picture of I have other sheep that are not Israel. They're Gentiles. They must come. They will come. They'll hear my voice. They will follow me. This verse has gone through my mind like (laughs) countless situations while on the mission field. When there was a group of us that were in Darfur in a stadium filled with probably 30,000 Muslim men. And one of my buddies is doing the bike show, halftime show. They asked us, would he do the show? Would you give us a microphone to tell them why we're here? Yeah, no problem. And we take that microphone and he's doing the show and we share the gospel in one of the most hardcore Muslim places in the world. That verse came to my mind. There are people that are here. They're sheep. Which are not of this fold. They, them also, I must bring. And they will hear my voice. They will. The confidence, the surety of a sovereign God that says, preach the gospel. Preach the gospel. They will hear. They will hear. I could picture it being in places where I can't speak the language. I have someone interpreting what I, translating what I'm saying. And I'm looking at these people and just a crowd of people and being there in some place like Africa and sharing the gospel and just looking at all of these faces and just thinking of this verse. There's some who are here that Jesus said they must hear. They will follow. And just have such great confidence in that. 
to go to a place like Utah or Colorado City or Compton or Africa or to your next door neighbor and to have such confidence that it's not my job to change hearts. It's not my job to have every answer. It's not my job to be at a place where I present the gospel perfectly so that I can eliminate all of their questions. But just to think, I'm just going to share the gospel. God can do the work in their heart. There's sheep that are out there that are not of this fold. Jesus says, them also I must bring and they will hear my voice. To, to me, it's just the greatest gift to give me boldness in the proclamation of the gospel. I love that it doesn't depend on me. I love that I don't have to look at, at people in South Sudan and, and see them and think, how do I relate to them? I, how do I relate? Or are you sharing with your neighbor who has some crazy education or whatever else, and you're like, I don't know how I can relate to them. And God just saying, just share the gospel. There's sheep that are up there. I, I'm, I must bring them. They will hear my voice. And you can think of the times in which the gospel was presented to you and you heard his voice and you followed him. It's God that does that work. It gives me just a, just such joy to share the gospel knowing, God, you can change hearts. Gives me such confidence in prayer. God, work. Work in hearts. Just you do it. You're the good shepherd. You know your sheep. They know you. They will hear your voice. They'll follow you. And then you get to just boldly share the gospel. We see in scripture that not only is he the good shepherd, but we're also told... He's the great shepherd. He's a good shepherd, but he's also the great shepherd. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 13, verse 20. Hebrews 13, 20. It says here, Now may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead. The great, that great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the everlasting covenant make you complete in every good work to do his will, working in you what is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I wanted to bring that up because when you think of the good shepherd who leads us and he guides us, he calls us, he knows us and we know him. He takes us to green pastures and leads us beside still waters and his his rod and his staff, they comfort us. He lays down his life for us. As a sinner who could become so discouraged in this fight against sin, To have God say, but I'm also the great shepherd. And I'll make you complete in every good work 
to do my will. I, I who started the work in you will be faithful to complete it. I, I'm the great shepherd that when you're that sheep that wanders outside the pasture, you go through the fence, you're on dry and brown and barren land, I'll go get you. I'll bring you back. And I'll do it over and over again. And if necessary, I'll discipline you. I think of this shepherd talks about how a shepherd, a good shepherd, would take a sheep that continually goes astray and he'll break its legs. Seems brutal, doesn't it? But then... He carries that sheep on his shoulders for six weeks. Just carries him, feeds him, gives him water, makes it so that he's totally taken care of. Sheep can't even get up unless the shepherd picks the sheep up. The sheep's totally dependent upon the shepherd for everything. And he says that when that happens, that sheep that used to always wander away will never leave his side ever again. He'll always be right on his side find that to be awesome. You may be one of those sheep that just, you wander, you wander, you wander. God brings you back. He keeps bringing you back. You may be in a place where not only has he brought you back, but he's disciplined you. Legs have been broken. You've been humbled. You're brought to a place of, I don't ever want to leave his side now. I'll stay right next to him. He's my good shepherd. I'm going to follow him. But I'll tell you, Jesus says that when you belong to him, he chastens you. He disciplines you. If you don't belong to him, he won't discipline you. Good shepherd will do that. He'll work in you what is well-pleasing in his sight. I love that. To me, this is one of the greatest parts of thinking of him as my shepherd is, I'm just going to work in you. I'm going to change you. I'm going to mold you, conform you into my image. You, you can try to do the things that you want to do, but I'm going to bring you back and I'll discipline you and I'll put circumstances in your life and I'll mold you, I'll conform you into my image. I'm a God that will do that. I'm the great shepherd and I love my sheep. Then lastly, he says that he's the chief shepherd. He's the good shepherd. He's the great shepherd. He's the chief shepherd. I'll read it to you. First Peter 5, 4, it says... And where the chief shepherd appears, you'll receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. He's a chief shepherd. The one that will take you and say, of all that the Father's given me, I'll lose none of them. I'll leave the 99, I'll go get the one that went astray. I'll lead you to green pastures and I'll lead you beside the still waters. I'll restore your soul. I'll mold you and shape you. I'm the great shepherd. I'll, I'll make you complete in every good work to do his will. I will do that in you, mold you and shape you into my image, working in you what's well-pleasing in my sight. I will do that. And I am the chief shepherd. And when I appear, you'll receive the crown of glory. And it's not going to ever fade away. What a God that we serve. A shepherd that's so powerful that he's able to say, I will do this. None of them are going to be lost. 
none of them will wander away. If they go out from me, they weren't of me. Because if they were of me, they would have remained with me. But they went out to make manifest they were never of me. Because of my sheep, I'll leave, I'll go get them, I'll bring them back. I'll work in them. I started the work, I'll finish it. And there will be a day we're all pure. And they will receive the crown of glory. And that crown will not ever fade away. Why? Because we have a good, great chief shepherd. And there's nothing that's too hard for him. I pray that that would just give us just such a passionate love for him this morning. A shepherd that cares for us, loves us, lays down his life for us. As good as he could possibly be, a shepherd that cannot be improved upon. Amen. Let's pray together and worship. Lord God, we thank you for this time. Um, May you just give us such clarity that we are sheep that are desperately in need of a shepherd. And when we look upon you, the creator of all that exists, and see you as a shepherd that lays down his life willingly as a vicarious sacrifice for the sheep for us. May it cause our hearts to just adore you this, this morning. May our hearts just have such great confidence in you that when things are difficult, we know that you're a good shepherd. You care for the sheep. You love the sheep. We, when we wander away and you come and you bring us back, may we just find ourselves adoring you for the grace and the kindness and the gentleness that you show us as our shepherd. And when you discipline us, may it cause our hearts just to adore you knowing that we belong to you. And you won't let us wander far, but you'll bring us back. May it give us such great confidence that we know that our chief shepherd will appear and you'll give us a crown that will never fade away. Lord, you speak in ways that there are no uncertainties in it because there is nothing, nothing, nothing that is too hard for you. May we have boldness in the proclamation of the gospel and may we have joy and peace and rest as we lie down in green pastures content and at peace with you. And Lord Jesus, may we just follow you right on your heels. Because that's where a sheep is the safest, at the heels of a shepherd. Be delighted now in the praises of your people, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.